video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast, episode number 60. Craig and Jess here delving into another week of gaming happenings. Hi, Craig. Hello. This week we're going to discuss our experiences with both Horizon Forbidden West and the next-gen patch for Cyberpunk 2077. We're also going to unpick the latest news, including Dragon Age 4 possibly being ready in the next 18 months, Skull and Bones having yet another makeover, EA now releasing Sims for LGBT plus friendly content, quote, unaltered and unchanged in Russia, Dead Island 2 may not be dead, and Zorro making a comeback. Wow. This week's gaming movie was Prince of Persia, which came out in 2010. Will it be crowned five pies like last week's movie, Uncharted? Keep listening to find out. And yeah, just make sure you're subscribed to our podcast if not already. New episodes are released every Thursday. So how are we? Fine. Sore. <laughs> yeah, you keep going to the gym and hurting yourself. I know. Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's the same injury and you just don't give it long enough to heal. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to delve into your stupidity, though. No, let's not. No. Did you see PlayStation's new VR headset was shown off? Yes, and this excites me because I have found a new love for VR since I've been playing it more frequently. Obviously, I've been playing the Oculus Quest 2. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I think it needs that hands-free, like, element that it currently does not have. How do you mean hands-free? Not hands-free. Wireless. It's not wireless. Is it not? No. It's got one wire. What? There's one wire coming from the PlayStation. It's a USB-C cable. comes from the PlayStation to the thing. They've got rid of the big massive unit, to be fair. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, The whole thing. That's why it might be affordable, because the PlayStation's going to process it all, and then it's going to come through one cable. But do you not think still a cable is just going to get in the way? It's not ideal, but it'll allow the games to be much higher quality because a PlayStation 5 is a lot more powerful than a Quest 2. So you'll be able to get really good games through the headset at an affordable price because you couldn't fit a PlayStation 5 inside no have you seen the size of that monstrosity inside a headset if you put that inside a headset you would do that thing where you just like face plant yeah and then you would cost yourself a lot of money yeah i mean yeah the design of it looks cool obviously the 
those move sticks are getting tossed in favour of, you know... Better control. Yes, control is much more like the quest and I think a bit more ergonomic into what, you know, intuitive as to what you would be doing when you're playing certain games. But, yeah, I mean, it, that's what it is. It's a VR headset. It's, it's never going to be, like, you know, a jewelled crown on top of your head. No, I know. I think, like, people... Like, we put out a shout on Twitter and just been like, what do you think of how it looks? And the main comment that jumped out to me was, it looks VR-ish. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I pretty much. Yeah. It literally looks like somebody took an Oculus Quest 2 in one hand, a PSVR in the other hand, and just fucked them together. Mm-hmm. And it's came out because it looks like a mix between the two. It does, yeah. But what else is it going to look like? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I've seen say, people... Some people have got, like stickers and like kind of plate like kind of ah, like, you can you know, spruce it up if uh-huh, you want. like i saw one that was actually quite cool and it was like cat eyes but like i said uh, it was like a cat's face like on <laughs> like on your face if you know what i mean it looked quite cool um but it's the kind of thing that you know when you're inside it if that's the word you use like nobody you know what does it matter what it looks like from the outside yeah, it, it's caring. what's inside that's important yeah, I think it's quite plain, but that's what you want. Like they're not wanting to put any extra money into developing the outside of it, like mm-hmm. you said. But it is interesting. The fact they've got a final design and they've shown off a final design, I think does lend more credence to the fact that we'll get it this year. Well, yes, because they must have started developing I'm, them. I did query why there was no date because I have somewhat foolishly picked Horizon Call of the Mountain as a Call of the Wild. Call no. of the- Oh, you might be right, actually. Call of the Mountain. That sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Um, as a game on my Fantasy Critic League. Yeah. In anticipation of it being released this year, but I, I know Fenwell it's probably not going to be. But still, the fact that they've done this gives me more hope. It does make it slightly more likely. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Because surely that's going to... Oops. Surely that's going to be like a launch game, you would think. It would be a good idea to make it a launch game. Like if they can, ha- certainly if they can have it ready for launch, I'm sure they would. They'd love that, but yeah, I think we will probably see it this year now because that's obviously like unless it is just. I mean, they, I suppose they could have just made a prototype or whatever, but I get the impression that it's in production. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something quite soon. Like obviously they've just released Horizon, they've got Gran Turismo coming out next week, and so I don't think they want to take any shine off that just now but see come i don't know middle of march or something like that it feels like they could they could say something then yeah um but yeah we've we have been doing a bit more a bit more vr recently there was a week and a spell there but it wasn't getting used that often but mm-hmm. yeah you've been you've been doing the old workouts and i've been playing more walkabout mini golf they brought out a new dlc course called sweetopia which was, it's almost like a candy cane land, like it's inspired and it's brilliant. It's so good. Like the game, I've spoke before about the game, like the game is excellent. It's one of the best games on Oculus Quest. Even if you don't like golf, like I'm not a massive golf fan, but you know what it's like when you're young? Everyone liked playing crazy golf. Yeah. Like you'd go to like some mad pub and with your parents and they would have crazy golf outside, and that was you for the day. <laughs> and that's what this is. It's just crazy golf courses, and it's so much fun. It really is. Like, the 
the first, when the game first released, there was only my main complaint was there was only a couple of courses, but now there's a dozen. Mm. And this new one, it's like so well designed. It's so hard as well. Like I ended up first time I played, I ended up thirteen over par, which is thirteen extra shots for those not clued up on golf <laughs> from what it expects. And it's quite forgiving in what it expects. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, there's one of the courses one of the holes that's clearly I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about with golf here, and I don't, but from playing golf games, I know this. It's inspired by the 17th hole at Sawgrass, which is a really famous golfing hole in real life, where it's a par three, which means it's a short hole, and it's basically just you tee off, and then there's a round island that's just the whole thing's a green and so when you hit your shot, you have to hit it well or it's just straight in the water. Mm. Uh, and this is like that, where there's like a little ramp and you have to hit it over water uh, to make it land in the right bit. And it's it's really cool. I have about 10 extra shots in that one. But it's it's really fun. Really, really fun. I'd, I highly recommend it. Yeah, and I seen that you had tweeted about another game that was kind of like, I don't know, roller skating or something that looked quite cool. Yeah, that's District M VR, which is apparently going to be live this week uh, in demo form. It's not quite out yet. Oh, okay. But I was speaking to the developers and they have submitted it on they submitted it on Tuesday to the Quest store. I refuse to call it the Meta Quest. I'm just I'm not having none of that. None of that is. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've just realised I said that earlier. Yeah, I so did I. Ocu- Oculus sounds cool. Meta Quest, absolutely not. <laughs> Tell that cyborg to fuck off. Um, but yeah, it looks really cool. I'm interested to see how it works because it is like third person. It almost seems like I don't know. I I was getting sort of um, Ollie Ollie vibes from mm, it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But it just it looks really cool, and I've heard people who have tried it and said it's cool, like in preview states and stuff like that. So yeah, we're supposed to be getting a free demo. It should be live by the time the podcast is out, hopefully. But um, I know they were submitting the game but they didn't know how long it would take to get cleared yeah i just worry like because i get quite motion sickness with some games and it could be one of those i don't know because like i say i think it would be potentially if you were in first person like we do have i think it's called carve snowboarding on the Mm. oculus quest (laughs) and it's really fun I really enjoy that as well, but yeah, you certainly can get a bit of that because you lean forward Mm-mm. and you lean left and right, and when you're doing that, it's very easy to lean too much and just keel over. And if you want to see someone actually doing that, feel free to head over to our YouTube channel. YouTube kindly picked that out and put it as a short on our YouTube channel. Is my cousin breaking a rib, <laughs> falling off uh, Richie's plank experience a few years ago? Yes, that was entertaining. It was, yeah. That's what a few drinks will do to you. But yeah, no, look, District M looks fun. Mm. Uh, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but we'll report back on that next week. Yeah, just when you mentioned demos, we did try to play another demo this week, which failed miserably. So the Nintendo Switch Sports were offering like a free tester play thing over the weekend. And as it transpires, we do not have two motion controllers between our two Switches. One is a Switch Lite, so obviously doesn't have motion controllers and the other one has 
one motion controller and then we bought a replacement one but wasn't motion controller so we could not play the game yeah from memory our son accidentally chucked the <laughs> the oled switch down the stairs and it broke but one of them one of the controllers was okay and so we replaced it with a mario themed controller mm-hmm. that we then found out didn't have motion in it and that's why it was reasonably priced yeah. unlike the normal nintendo unreasonably priced yeah. so yeah you need to even though a lot of the games in the demo you would only needed to use yeah one. so like tennis or bowling i was like you only need one hand for these activities Aye, but it makes you sink two of them yeah. before you can then use so one so we could not play it i'm interested to see how that works though so there must be a in the full game. There's gonna have to be a workaround. There's no way they're bringing out that game and being like Switch Lite users, fuck off. Yeah, because a lot of people have a Switch Lite, and it's not an option with that. So surely they can't well, just be like they can't just tell that section of the audience to get fucked. Yeah, I don't know because I mean when I when I tried it on the Switch Lite that we've got, thinking it would maybe offer me some sort of alternative. You would think it'd be a crap version, like you used the analog sticks well, or something. It just wanted me to still sync a controller. To be fair, that is classic Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, "No, you can have your Switch Lite, but now spend seventy pound on our controllers." Yeah, aye, that's what they've done. Yeah slippery bastards mm-hmm. but we're probably gonna have to purchase at least one if not two sets of motion controllers so we can play bowling when it comes out yeah saying one of a nintendo what it says it's gonna have to do it now yeah yes uh speaking of paying more did you hear about people paying more than they needed to for horizon no right so this is an interest it's such a Sony story. This, <laughs> like, it's it's more of a Nintendo story than a Sony story, but it's it's also it's just Sony over the back. So, Horizon on PlayStation Five seventy pound. Yes. Horizon on PlayStation Four sixty pound. Mm-hmm. From what I can remember, and I might have this wrong, but the basics of it are right. Jim Ryan. CEO, place, CEO of PlayStation, he had said at one point in an interview there will be an upgrade path for Horizon. So it'll be like a free upgrade to PlayStation 5, right? Mm-hmm. So when this came out and it was 60 on PlayStation 4, 70 on PlayStation 5, people, before, this is before release, people were like, eh, that's not what you said, mate. So PlayStation put out a thing this was months ago i'm sure we reported at the time but playstation basically went right right fine fine free upgrade for playstation 4 users to the playstation 5 version but then when pre-orders went up on the playstation store on the playstation 5 it was 70 pound and you own even though you can get playstation 4 games on the playstation 5 there was no option to buy the PlayStation 4 version. From a PlayStation 5 console? Uh-huh. Right, okay. The only thing that was there in the store was the £70 version. Okay. But if you went onto the web store on your phone or on your laptop or you went onto a PlayStation 4, you could buy the same game for £60 and you would have access to the PlayStation 5 version. <laughs> right? So that's pretty shady. Yeah. They're trying to... Like they're hoping unless you're wise to it, exactly. You're paying seventy pound. Yeah, and what they also did 
and I think this was an extra deterrent for people that were wise to it, was so PlayStation let you preload games. Mm -hmm. So you pre-order a game in advance and usually about five days before it comes out, it'll download to your console and Mm -hmm. it'll just remain locked. Mm -hmm. So the thing was, if you'd bought the PlayStation 4 version, so you saved your tenner, Mm -hmm. you couldn't pre-download the PlayStation 5 version. It would only become available after it launched. Okay. So I think they were also perhaps hoping that would be enough to put some people off and yeah. I'll just pay the extra tenner so I can play it at midnight or I can, you know what I mean, yeah. people are excited. So it was going to be interesting to see how this played out. Like, if this worked for Sony, it fucking did. Mm. Annoyingly, it did. The The early reports are from, I think it's gleaming this from like PlayStation I'm not sure exactly where they got it, but they figured out that 70% of people bought the PlayStation 5 version mm. and not the PlayStation 4 version, even mm. though the upgrade's free. So in a move that was clearly done to deceive people and be dishonest has worked. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite annoying mm-hmm. because it will probably mean they'll do it again. Because mm. if it worked, why the fuck would you not? That is true. However, shall we just get into it? How is the game? It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really good. It's worth seventy pound. <laughs> it is, aye. If, if you've got to pay seventy pound for it, it's not like you're you're doing yourself out of money. It's it's excellent. It is really good. I would say though, I've had a lot of issues. Mm. Like I listened to a few reviews beforehand and just spoiler free reviews and each one that i listened to said really good game massive amount of bugs now obviously they were playing before the day one patch there's been two patches i think since we've had it and asked people on the discord most people haven't had a lot of issues asked on twitter and it's been more of a mixed bag Mm -hmm. some people are saying look i've put 25 hours in almost nothing a few people are saying yeah i've had glitches here and there but it's not been too bad and then a couple of people are saying this game needs another six months Mm -hmm. i fall somewhere in between it needed more time and yeah there is some glitches like Mm -hmm. i've had it pretty bad mm. there's been but then you had it pretty good with cyberpunk when it first came out so maybe this is just your you yeah know. i think I've perha- <laughs> i have perhaps used up all my good luck mm-hmm. but there's been times so there was a certain battle that i came to early on where you're fighting some machines and some human enemies as well and the first time there was like two or three of the human enemies that just froze like statues and no matter what you did, like you could walk straight up to their face and put an arrow in their head and it just bounced off as if it was a rock. And the what happened was you'd taken everyone else out because but because the game thought that these enemies were still alive, you were just stuck. The cutscene wouldn't play. And I had to reload that area four I think it was four times. And Bef- pl- oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah before it would actually work because it just the same thing kept happening i even put up a, a video on the discord to show them what was happening it was i mean i was expertly just swiping these guys like with pinpoint accuracy and they just stood there so that was annoying but thankfully it did work the fifth time uh, then i have had graphical issues where there's been some cutscenes where in the background, there's characters just 
almost like flashing, like disappearing, coming back, disappearing, coming back. And this is multiple characters in the background that are just disappearing for no reason. I've had audio issues where Aloy's clearly supposed to be speaking to you, like just talking to herself almost, but informing the player of what's going on. But she's completely mumbling. You can't hear a word she's saying. And I'm not playing it with the audio down low. And I also had an issue. There was a point where I had to go into this cave. And when I came back out, the game dropped from... it. it to be, I'm playing in performance mode and the 60 frames a second is brilliant. But coming out of this cave, it just plummeted down to about five frames a second. Like it was like it was like a stop motion thing. Mm. And it wasn't like, oh, it did it for five, ten seconds and then it was alright. It was I had to at that resolu- at that frame rate travel across the map to get to a save point so that I could turn the entire PlayStation off and back on so that it started working again. So I've had a fair amount of bugs. Like, I do think it needed more time. It definitely needs more patches. But I'm sure they'll come, though. That's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. And, yeah, okay, negativity aside, it's got some bugs. Aye. Like, it's got it's sitting with, like, an 89 on Open Critic. I don't know what the Metacritic is. Is it I the think same? it's the same or it's 88. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm saying this, like, it's just to forewarn you, but the game itself is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, I, by no means, like, I'm still playing it. Like, by no means is it... I wouldn't even say it's hurting my experience. It's annoying when it happens. Yeah. But outside of that, the game's so good that... Fine. It's just... It, it is weird to have a Sony first-party game not run well, though. Mm. Like, I've never... I mean, Days Gone. But, I mean, a lot of people had issues with Days Gone. Like, I'm having way more bugs with Horizon than I ever had with Days Gone. Ever. And I played that at launch as well. So, yeah. it, is, it is strange. I've put about 15 hours in so far. My plan, obviously, was, is to play it. Yeah. Um, I haven't, you know, hands up, have not played the first one. I've watched a, like, synopsis of it all, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a story of what happened. So, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with it, but I don't know. I'm watching you play it and I don't know, I'm just not people are going to shout at me but i'm just not sold on it i don't get i don't know if it's your type of game i don't get what the fascination is to be honest like yeah and i'm not sure that it's definitely a game for you yeah like you are fighting machines and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. it's not usually something that would be for me either to be fair but it's i don't know it just it really works the gameplay loop is really satisfying but i don't know that it's the type of game that you would find that satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say definitely give it a go and see if it hooks you, yeah. but I, I don't know that it definitely would. I think the story could well suck me in, but I don't yeah. know, I'm just, from what I've seen of it, I'm not, like, jumping to play it. Like, I've had the chance, you know, for the yeah. past week to play it, and I've not. Yeah. I would see how you feel. Like, like I say, I, I, I'm not convinced it is something that you would particularly like. I think there's other games that you would prefer. Mm. But um, but no, it is good. And one thing I would say as well, like I've on Twitter, I've seen quite a few people talking about. So you've got the performance mode, which is sixty frames a second. I'm not sure what the resolution is, but it's lower than what it is on fidelity mode, which is four K, I think, and thirty frames a second. Mm-hmm. So I've heard people going back and forth between the two, and they're saying, right, the sixty frames a second is really good, but I don't know if I can deal with the fact that it looks so much worse in performance mode. 
I mean, my site's not particularly bad, but like <laughs> I moved it. So the game, when you first start it up, starts on fidelity mode, so higher graphics, lower frame rate. I switched to performance mode. I didn't even notice the graphics getting worse at all. Mm. But like so many people are saying, like it's such a concession, like it looks markedly worse. Not bad by any means, it still looks gorgeous, but it looks, you're losing a lot of quality when you change it. I didn't notice anything. I really didn't. I would highly recommend playing it in performance mode because when I moved it to the 30 frames a second, it's it's almost like headache inducing, like the way, like when you're turning the camera and stuff like that, it I mean, feels like it's jerking. You've said that before to me and like, I, I don't notice the difference. Like, See, honestly, Horizon's possibly the game that I have noticed it the most when we finish recording the podcast i'll show you both modes quickly okay, right and yeah. honestly it's such a massive difference in horizon i would say more so than possibly any game i've seen mm. but it's really good looking forward to playing more mm. it's been absolutely dominating the discord i've been meaning to have every kind of couple of days i've been on and just reminding people because we made a separate thread inside the gaming just for Horizon, so that everyone else wasn't getting bothered with this constant chat. And so it's quite hidden. You have to click into it once before you'll actually see it. So I've been just making a point of going in and just saying, by the way, just in case people think we're being quiet, we're actually <laughs> in here <laughs> masturbating over Horizon. Yes, yes. If you're not a member of our Discord, then feel free to join. You are more than welcome. We chat all things gaming, all things TV, films sports wrestling if that's your thing my favorite channel however is still fitness but it is to be renamed because it is no longer a fitspirational channel it is more food yeah porn. what basically <laughs> happened is we tried to make it a fitness channel but the discord's full of widows <laughs> And so, not to deter anyone from joining. And so, every time someone has a meal that looks particularly good, that's where they post it, yeah. just to make sure that no one can possibly stay on a diet, <laughs> of which I am trying to get back on. Yeah. Uh, what I will say though is, good place, good place to make money. The Discord I was on earlier on, and uh, one of the guys had mentioned, I think it was Ryan actually had said, by the way, Juventus. Three to one tonight against Villarreal. Now I may be talking out a turn, but they're one 0 up just now, and that's a cracking price. I would have had. I would have thought Juventus would have been favourites, but they weren't, and that was should a really good be, price. Should we be, be promoting gambling, Craig? Though? I'll promote whatever I want. No, okay. <laughs> promote Gam- whatever I want. Gamble responsibly, please. We're talking about food porn. <laughs> Gambling's a. More upmarket than that. Yeah, but anyway, if you want to join, there will be a link in the description of the episode where you can do so. Um, yeah, what well, I have played The Company Man. Now, I did do a review on this already. Mm-hmm. However, I hadn't quite finished the boss. You were in the last boss, yeah. Yeah, and basically what happened was I got frustrated and fell out with it and then left it for a week. And then I went back to it and within my like second or third try, I like was like, oh, I've done it. I've done it. And then a picture came up and then it said, press the little plus button. I was playing on the switch. So it said, press the little plus button to continue. So I pressed that. And then it took me back to like the lobby of the game. And I was like, 
what just happened. So I gets back in the menu bit, get in the lift, and then was like back at the boss again. So I did the whole thing again, and again it took me a couple of attempts. And then it turns out I had done it the first time. Yeah, because it was weird. So after <laughs> you beat the boss, it came up with a sort of splash screen saying the company man. No, but it didn't even have that. It didn't it, even have credits. I thought credits. it said that, but then no, it had it was the just plus. A, it was just a picture of the ca- main character and then Alice, who was your like love interest. Right. Um, so it was just a picture of that, and then it just had the wee plus confirm. So I pressed that, thinking there was like something else to come. But then the second time, like I, I did it, and that came up again. I showed you. I was like, "See, look, this just came up." And as I showed it to you, the company man came up, and then the credits started to roll. And yeah. I was like, oh, "Okay, so I did finish it the first time. I just did the all like all that again for nothing." But to be fair to you, there was a delay. Yeah. Like usually, it would come up with something, and then you get the credits pretty quickly, and you'd be like, "All right, that's what's yeah. happened." But this like lingered at that screen, mm-hmm. making you think that it wasn't rolling the credits. Yeah. So what I'm going to now have to do, I feel, is go and redo my video review and say, by the way, <laughs> when you think it's not finished, it is. It is finished. Right. So yeah, completed that. Check. I must say, I'm impressed because, granted I didn't give it that long, but I would not have been able, I would not have been able to complete that. I don't think it was that hard. Once you got the combos... Like, Do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I was impressed. I was very impressed you got through it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think that's all I've played this week, really. Um, and Apart from Wordle. I've got hooked on Wordle now. Yeah, you seem to be quite into that. Yeah, but you only get... Well, it's a, it's a whole thing now because the New York Times bought it off the really? guy that made it for an undisclosed seven-figure sum. Okay. Um. So now it's on the New York Times website. That's where you have to go to play it. Right. Um, and you only get like one a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like a whole hoo-ha because some people are getting different words and they've like changed some of the words. So they've removed like slave and stuff like that, which fair enough. Right. Um, but yeah, so people don't seem happy about it. There's about a million knockoffs. There is. Because I didn't know, like when I first was looking for it i didn't know where it was going to get it and i'm mm. looking on the app store thinking where is this game yeah um that i keep saying but yeah so i've got a few knockoffs because you only get one word a day on the official one yeah. but there's knockoffs where you can play it more than once yeah um there's um, also there's one that's all i think it was uh gary witter made he released one and it's all like swear words or all like <laughs> lewd words really I, yeah, I need to find that one. Um, there's another one I'd look quite like to, to it's try. It's called like Loodle or something like that. Okay. Um, there's one called Squabble as well, which is like a Wordle slash Battle Royale version. Oh, right. um, so I think it just puts that, that added pressure to try and get it as quick as you can. So I, I, I'd quite like to try that one too. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. I'd panic. I would absolutely panic, but it sounds good. The only other thing that I've been playing this week, I played a little bit, a small, small amount of Cyberpunk. Mm, of course, yes, because it got its 1.5 patch mm-hmm. last it's week. next gen patch. I'm not going to fully dive into it just now. I just wanted to get a flavour for how it, how it looked. And to be fair, like as I spoke about earlier, my experience with the original release was good and... The original game 
if you caught it at the right time, looked good anyway. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any graphical issues yeah. with the first one, so it does look better, don't get me wrong. It's it's very nice graphically now. But, yeah, and it runs at 60 frames a second, which is really nice, and there's dual sense integration in the controller, again, cracking. Like, it, it's definitely, I'm not saying it's not a massive upgrade. It is, but... It's this, I don't know, I suppose just going into it and playing the small amount that I did, I was like, this is the amazing game that I remember. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to wait until after Horizon to properly jump in with both feet, I think. Okay. okay. Uh, before we move on to news, though, we got some feedback from Donny, Discord Donny. <laughs> and he said... I have a question. My question is a two-parter around reviews, so we'll maybe take, we'll maybe discuss each part separately. First part: Do you think reviewers should renege on reviewing and scoring games they find too difficult to beat? I personally find it frustrating when reviewers give games low scores because they can't get past the early hours. Difficulty isn't a mark of quality after all. Let's be honest: a developer would rather no score than a low score where this is concerned and I'm sure the PR teams would accept a reneged score for this reason. Yeah, I agree. Like, well, if if that's his thoughts that they should, <laughs> then yeah, because it's not fair. I, so, I agree, but I also think, like, I agree that a game should not be marked down for being too difficult, mm-hmm. unless it's just fucking game-breaking, really ridiculous. So if it's if it's so difficult that it's just a frustrating, annoying annoyance, basically, then fair enough, maybe. But like, so for instance, what I would say is like Sifu, I reviewed that. I have not completed the game, but I was clear about that in my review. Yeah, I have not completed this game. I gave it. A very high, I think I give it a nine on a nine point five. Like I give it a really high score, so I don't think it's fair to like put in the review like to knock a game in the review mm-hmm. for being too difficult because that's obviously what they were going for. But I do think it's okay, obviously since I did it, to do what I did, where like I said, look, I haven't completed this game because I'm not good enough at it, but it's fucking amazing. And I want to get better at it. But the trouble is, like, you can see the <sighs> amazingness of the game, if to put it like that. You know, you can you can see the merits of it. You can see how good it is. And But yet, yeah, it's still so difficult. Whereas some people, I think it's so difficult that they can't see how good it is, if that makes sense. And I think that's where I think if it's that's so the, difficult to... I think if that's the case, then you should maybe do like a write-up that you don't score it, mm. like maybe. And, and perhaps I shouldn't have put a score on Sifu, I don't know. Um, but I don't know, I think there's... What I think Donnie's getting at, and I agree with, is you get these people. So like Sifu, as an example, mm-hmm. there was people who were given that four out of ten and just like they weren't saying in the review i didn't complete it i i found it too hard 
they're just saying the review, this game's not very good, this is this, this is that. But then you go on PSN profiles or whatever and you look at their trophies and you're like, right, well, you never get by the second level. Mm. But you never said that. Like, if you're upfront about things, I think that's okay. Like, again, maybe I'm just being biased because that's what I did, but like, I was out upfront, I haven't completed this game. Yeah, it's important to be transparent, definitely. And I think if that's the case, you should say it. But there's so many of these reviewers where there's people being caught out left and right again and again and again. Like, they've just wrote something and you're like, right, well, Mm. (laughs) you should have been up front about that. Mm. Like, I think think everything's okay as long as you are up front about what you're doing. Um, So the second part of the question is, in a time in 2022 where the internet is full of arseholes, is it also time for Metacritic to remove their user score or add a facility like Steam where you have to prove ownership to review a game? I'm sure I'm not alone when I say I'm sick to the back teeth of seeing people review bomb games. It's sad and pathetic, but it's now becoming all too common. Again, yeah. very true. Yeah. Like... Hold on, I'm going to check live just now and see what Horizon's user score is. Yeah, I'll tell you a story while you're looking that up because um, it's similar with Amazon reviews as well because they now have the feature that it's a review from a verified purchase, which I think is so much more beneficial because I'll look at reviews and they're you know they're absolutely berating the product or whatever, but actually they've not it, you know they're not a verified purchase, so they're obviously just came in from somewhere else. Um, and there was an example of an influencer who released a book and reviewed it herself, which you're not meant to do. Um, but she'd put, posted a review, but I don't know how, how technically it worked, but she'd changed the name of the person reviewing it. But then when you clicked her, the profile, it took you back and it was her. Clearly, so she could bust it. So she, uh uh-huh, like she gave herself a five star review, and you're like, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit shady. Yeah, um, but yes, yeah, so I, th- I, th- I think you, you should prove ownership if you're going to review something because, again, people have There's too many inf- fanboys, influential opinions yeah. that aren't directly you know from playing the game and it's 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 yeah. not right yeah because that does then dictate what final scores are yeah what i would say is the user score for horizon is now up at an 8.1 so it has recovered that could be because metacritic have review have removed reviews though because they mm. have done that in the past because i know a few days ago it was down at like a two point something which is ridiculous like it was clearly just people loads of people going on giving it a zero and stuff like that, which is madness. Like, it's just stupid. Um, What he says about Steam doing it, the way Steam do it is really good. So when you go into a Steam review, uh, it is verified purchases. Mm -hmm. And also it tells you next to their ID how many hours they've played the game for. Okay. So it'll say like, oh, 10 hours logged. And you're like, right, okay, that person played the game for 10 hours. But sometimes it'll be like 0.2 hours played. And they'll be like, oh, this game's shit. I finished it and I'm not happy with it. And you're like, right, well, it's a 20-hour game. And you played it for 15 minutes. So I mean, I suppose there probably are still some loopholes you could have the game sat on and you've played it for 20 hours, but actually you've not pressed a button and stuff. But but I suppose it it is more accurate than... Yeah, it's definitely much more accurate. And it's it's a much better system. It's a a system I'd love to see PlayStation or Xbox, like, implement. I think it'd be a much better, like, Mm -hmm. these... 
to like PlayStation and Xbox, they're always they're wanting to become all encompassing platforms. So why not do something like that and mm-hmm. build more of like a community atmosphere? Yeah. You'd obviously probably have to do it from like a laptop or a PC or something like that, but folk have got doing their phone. Mm-hmm. You could do it from the app, the PlayStation app. Yeah. Something like that. Like and again it would be verified purchases. It would be you could log the hours because PlayStation and Xbox now log how many hours you've played in a game. Mm-hmm. They've got the ability to do this. It's just it would take time. What value do the likes of PlayStation and Xbox put on Metacritic and OpenCritic? So all games... Well, not. I don't know if this happens for every single one, but Metacritic is really important. Mm. Not the user score. The user score is just shite, basically. They should turn it off, to be honest. But... The actual like score from uh, critics, developers get their bonus based on what that mm, is. Mm. So like Horizon being a ninety two or being a eighty could be worth six figures, seven figures to people that worked on those games. Mm. Like that's what could, that could literally be the difference. So it's massive. There was a big thing about. There's a, I think they're Australian. It's an Australian website. It's called Steveiver. I think it's Steveiver. And they gave Horizon, I think it was a 4 out of 10. And so this made a lot of waves, which is clearly exactly what they were fucking looking <laughs> yeah. for. Um, and it turned out they weren't even sent a review code. Like PlayStation decided not to even give them a code, but they went to like some independent journalist that did get a code and got them to do the review for their site. Um, and it got a 4 out of 10. And in isolation, not everybody has to like Horizon. Like, I would struggle to see someone give it a 4 out of 10, even if it's not your thing, but fair enough. But there was a image going about on Twitter where they were like, here's the last six uh, PlayStation exclusives, or the last eight PlayStation exclusives that these guys have reviewed, and there was not one of them over like a 7 out of 10. And I don't know, these were all really high quality games like Spider Man, God of War, Uncharted. Like it was real proper games that had, they, it was games that all had like a 90 on Metacritic and they'd gave like 6 out of 10, 5 out of 10, 4 out of 10. And like it's things like that. Like I don't know if they are fanboys, it sounds like they probably are, but that's things like that will hurt people's bonuses. So it's pretty shitty behaviour, to be honest. Yeah. I just, I suppose, like, it's probably a, I don't know, nicely worded quote that kind of sums up, but I just think, I don't know, you, you need to be, I don't know, informed like and you know do your own research like if you're if you're reading a review that says four out of ten like don't just take that person's opinion you you know it's important if i, I mean i'd like to think that not there's no one just going to steve iver and going all right come shut Aye. and yeah. moving on like i actually yeah. just pulled up here so uh the first horizon so yeah horizon zero dawn got an 89 on Metacritic. They gave it a 7. 
Forbidden West got an 88. They gave it a 6.5, so sorry, it wasn't a 4. Um, Death Stranding got an 82. They gave it a 3.5. Demon Souls, 92, 7.5. Ghost of Tsushima, 7. Bloodborne, 7.5. Like these will be the lowest scores pretty much on Metacritic. Mm. And I mean, maybe this is, maybe they just really genuinely didn't like those games, but I don't know, it seems like a trend. Yeah. And if it's got to the point where PlayStation have been like, fucking cut them off, <laughs> do not give them a fucking code, because it's hurting, it's hurting business here. And they've still managed to circumvent it and get one anyway. Mm-hmm. Interesting, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know, I think, what what was the question again? <laughs> Just about review scores and like, is it time for, is it time, are they, I think it's pretty much, are they redundant almost? Like, mm-hmm. I think that, he's not said that, but I think that's kind of what he's getting at. And like, I mean, as someone that does review games, like, I, I don't disagree, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm always looking at ways to, I mean, you know this, like, I'm always looking at ways to sort of switch up how we review things. Like, we don't have we don't have like a set structure in our reviews and I, I like that. I want people to do things how they do it. Like Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just you kind of expressing or us expressing our opinions and thoughts and people can take from that what, what they want to. Yeah, like I, I'm currently working on a few different ideas to streamline my reviews. Uh, one for time and two because I think it might, I'm, I'm interested to see if it's more palatable for people. Yeah. Whereas we have reviewers on the website that like to write more long form reviews. Mm. And I think both are valid and uh, maybe appeal to different people, but I'm happy. Like, I don't want necessarily a review. Me, like, if I find a way to make reviews in my mind more palatable, shorter, or whatever, I'm not going to then turn around to other reviewers on our site and be like, this is the blueprint, yeah, do this. Yeah. They can review things however they want. Yeah. Like We have a few different people who write for us and I've always said to them, right, so currently our review system is 1 to 10 or 0 to 10 with 0.5s. So mm. it's technically a 20-point review scale. If you don't want to give something a score, don't. Mm. Like Just because I do and that's what the website's doing, if you don't want to do it, don't. Yeah. I think it's all about kind of freedom and you wanted people to do things the way they want. Yeah, or truth, Craig. Did you hear about truth social? No, what's that? This is the moment none of us have been waiting for. It's President Donald Trump's new social media platform. It went live this week in the US. I think you'll find his ex-president. Oh, sorry. Former What's it called? Truth Social. Is this real? Yeah. Is it an app? Yeah. But we, it's US, so I don't think we can get access to it yet. I've got a VPN. <laughs> that sounds like something I want to be on trolling people in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've got no idea what it entails at the moment, but yeah. Wow. It must just be like some massive, like, I don't know, campaign party. Like, it must just be full of all people that are just doting on them. Like some massive grooming scandal? No idea. No idea. I hadn't even heard of that. Oh, I knew there was something in the works. Um, Although, to be fair, I get most of my news from Twitter and he's banned from that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, according to Emoji, Emojipedia, 
I want to say it's called. Um, they did like an analysis of tweets and the face with the like tears of joy, you know, the kind of like... Yeah. Um, it's the it's returned to the number one emoji. Was it not always? No, it lost it. It lost it to the crying face one. But it, it's now back on top. Covid there. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was crying with laughter then Covid came along and everybody's actually greeting. Yeah. And now we're coming out the other side of it and folk so are funny. laughing again. Yeah, that seems <laughs> what it's happened, yeah. Do you know, this is going to sound strange, right? I... I'm a connoisseur of emojis. I like emojis. Uh, I like them to convey how you're feeling. And I use that crying emoji, the crying with laughter one, mm-hmm. way more than I use any other. And my second most used one is probably the one that's kind of tilted to the side when yeah. you're really fucking laughing. Yep. You know the one when you're like, I'm laughing, but that's not enough. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sort of half keeled over and I'm really laughing. Mm-hmm. That's probably my second used one. I fucking hate both of them. I don't like the way they look. Right. Okay. I want them to... I'd love them to, like, totally revamp emojis. I don't know what I want it to be. It could still be crying with laughter, but I just... It looks a bit shit. Okay. I mean, feed that back to Emojipedia. I'm sure they'd love to hear that. I've got big, big ideas. Emojipedia would never get rid of me. I mean, there's a whole secret... Not secret. There's a whole language... Of emojis that, you know... I would happily communicate in just emojis. I mean, an aubergine, like, you know... Yeah, it's people, a cock. People know what an aubergine yeah. is. <laughs> but you could send that to someone and they might not realise. It's funny, right, because I know what it means in emoji form, but, like, I couldn't even have told you that was the name of it because I stay away <laughs> from all that shit. <laughs> that fruit and veg nonsense. Like, to me, that's just a cock. Yeah, it's... Um... It's eggplant in America as well. If you'd said eggplant, it would have made more sense to me. <laughs> Even though we call it an aubergine in our country. Right, I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. I have had them in the house. I have purchased aubergines before. Is that something you want to admit in the podcast? Because I don't think anyone's ever ate one. I don't think anyone has ever ate one. Would you like to move on to the news? Yes, I would like to move on to the news. Okay, first up on this week's news, Capcom's mysterious countdown has ended. And guess what? It was all in aid of Street Fighter VI. The long-rumoured project is finally official. All we have is an incredibly brief teaser that features Ryu... Is that his name? Yep. Complete with facial hair. And series newcomer Luke, who was the final DLC character for Street Fighter V. No platforms have been confirmed, but it's safe to assume that Street Fighter VI will be played on PlayStation 5. Capcom says that more information on the game is coming this summer. Yeah, the I'm not sure for how long, but certainly Street Fighter Five, I think four as well, were PlayStation exclusive, and PlayStation also bought I think it was Evo, the fighting game tournament thing, and Street Fighter is one of the biggest things on that, so it does seem like it's probably going to be PlayStation exclusive. Although it's kind of a wee bit surprising they never mentioned that to begin with, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um. 
it looked alright. Like it's, it was like a forty second sort of teaser thing they showed. It looked like more Street Fighter. The graphics looked nice, very detailed. But I don't know. We're not really fighting game fans, so it's a bit hard to get excited about the next Street Fighter. Mm. I was kind of. I mean, it was never going to be, but I wish it was Dino Crisis. <laughs> I fucking want Dino Crisis. <laughs> I just I don't understand like. How many years ago was it that Jurassic World came out? I don't know, 15 or something? 2015, 2016, something like that. Like, it brought dinosaurs back in such a big way. Like, it's, they're huge again. They've got the next film coming out this year. I just don't understand why someone wouldn't want to capitalise on yeah, that. Yeah, like, there's momentum for, for it. Yeah, but... they have made the two Jurassic World games that are sort of like park builders, but, I mean... If I was someone at Capcom, I'd be like, folk love this game. Like, talking of Metacritic scores, the first Dino Crisis and the second one, I've got, like, 90s on Metacritic. Like, they were really highly regarded games. Mm. But, like, remake one of these. Remake both of them. They're remaking enough Resident Evil games. I don't see why they can't do this, but... <laughs> need to settle for Street Fighter. Yeah. Guess. This is not our only mention of Street Fighter in this episode. Mm-hmm. Keep, li- keep listening. <laughs> okay, next up, Dead Island 2 may finally see daylight soon, according to comments made by publisher Deep Silver's parent company Embracer Group. As spotted by Video Games Chronicle, the subject of the zombie adventure came up during an earnings presentation. During a Q&A portion, the host directly referred to the game, which has been stuck in development limbo for almost eight years. When asked if the game was still coming, the response was emphatic. It very clearly is, and I least expect the release this financial year, or, sorry, next financial year, I should say. They were, that was, you know, what they said. Yeah, he wasn't too sure of himself, no. was he? No. And notorious leaker Tom Henderson has also stated recently that he's been told to expect a release in Q4 2022. Yeah, this game was announced like eight years ago. And it's just... Just sat there, didn't I? <laughs> pretty much. It's, it's, it's had about four different developers. They keep... They keep giving it to teams to make it and then taking it off them and giving it to other people. I think it's maybe three, actually, maybe not four. But there's certainly multiple teams been working on it. See, originally it was supposed to be Techland, the team that just put out Dying Light 2. So they started working on Dead Island 2 because they made the first one. But I think the sort of parkour elements that ended up being in Dying Light, I think they wanted to put into Dead Island 2. But at the time, whether it was Deep Silver or whoever, were like, not not interested in that. And so they went, well, fuck you, we're going to go and make our own game. And they brought out Dying Light, which was better than Dead Island. But it'd be interesting to see now that, I don't think this is going to happen, but I like Dying Light too so far from what I've played. But it is getting a bit of blowback for, like, been buggy and not been perhaps as good as people thought it was going to be mm-hmm. so it would be interesting if Dead Island 2 came out next year and sort of did the same thing that Dying Light did like overtook it because yeah. you had Dead Island come out was alright Dying Light come out was seen as being much better so then if Dying Light 2 came out was seen as good but then Dead Island 2 managed to come out and sort of overtake it it would be interesting but I, I don't see it happening generally if a game keeps chucking it from developer to developer it's probably not going to be very good but 
Hopefully, hopefully it's all right because I mean, we're we're needing a zombie game. I, I know that's what I was thinking. There's just none about exactly. What we do need though is a pirate game, Craig. This fucking game. Oh man. Yes. Speaking of games that have been fucking hanging about for about a decade. <laughs> yes, so the subject of long delayed nautical adventure Skull and Bones has resurfaced in Ubisoft's latest earnings call. As first reported by VGC CFO Frederick Duggett. Duggett? Duggett? May as well say it's Scottish. Duggett. Duggett. Offered the latest update on the game to investors last night it quote it's a very promising new ip focusing on multiplayer first he said so very consistent with our strategy to bring multiplayer competition and co-op first in a big open world with a great attractive fantasy target continued that's of course a longer development time that we've had on the game but we're very happy with the artistic direction and the progress of the game so far during the call the company also confirmed it's still expected to launch in the next fiscal year also name checked for between april 2022 and march 2023 where mario plus rabid sparks of hope and avatar frontiers of pandora it's interesting that this story is pretty much the same as the last story yeah except with a different game yeah the, the bit that, ha- that really stuck out to me was it's a very promising new IP. I smell shite. <laughs> I do not think it's promising anything apart from major disappointment. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the one paragraph alone, they've got multiplayer first and co-op first. So they've really nailed fuck off bingo <laughs> with that one. I just... We've spoken about this at length before, but mm. like this all stemmed from Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Everyone loved that game. After it came out, Ubisoft sent out... Because I got it. They sent out a questionnaire saying, if we were to make a standalone game, what would you like to see? And there was about six or seven different options, and one of them was an actual pirate game. And I ticked that, and so did a lot of people. And it won by a landslide because they posted the figures. They got right. like 80% or something like that. I yeah. need to look it up, but it got a lot. And so that's where this came from. But f- that's what folk wanted. They wanted an open-world game that's like Assassin's Creed where you're a pirate, and they ditch all the abster- abstergo stuff, and it's just a pirate game. Mm-hmm. And instead, they came out and they were like, oh, you're actually the ship. And everybody's like, well, that sounds shite. Like nobody was interested in it, and they've just, they've made such a fucking balls of it, and now it's multiplayer first, which it it's gonna die in its arse. This game, it, it it might even be good, but it's not gonna do well. It's in, gonna, it's, in your opinion, it's, <laughs> I'd be stunned. I'll certainly not be taking this in next year's fantasy critic league. Tell you that much okay. when I'm trying to retain my crown. Okay. And how is how is the Fantasy Critic League looking? I'm not sure. But the Destiny 2 Witch Queen released today and the embargo for Elden Ring is tomorrow and that's going to do well. Yeah, props. Okay, next up. Dragon Age 4 news has been thin on the ground in recent times, but enter industry games whisperer Jeff Grubb, who offered the latest updates on the RPG's development on his Grubbish Snacks show. Grubb said that he'd heard the game is, quote, in very good shape, 
overall, when they look at where they're supposed to be at, they're hitting the, their milestones and where they're supposed to be and the game is on schedule. However, Grub sources seem to indicate the long-awaited sequel may still be some time out yet. It's at least 18 months out from today, he elaborated. So not early 2023, maybe late 2023, maybe. Um seems to line up with rumours from last month and those ones that claimed that the game had, quote, no chance of coming out in 2022. This fucking guy. <laughs> Honestly, I, I give him a bit of a hard time, right? Uh, I'm sure he's not a listener. But I don't know. Like, he clearly, like, the guy does have sources, especially when it comes to Microsoft. Like, he, he knows he's shit. He gets inside information. But sometimes you get the feeling that he's just fucking saying stuff. And, like, I don't know. Acta came out with this statement. <laughs> like, yeah. we've seen fuck all of it, so it's not coming out in 2023. And then he says, so not early 2023, maybe late 2023, maybe. When you're qualifying your fucking statement with two maybes, I'm not sure how much info he's actually got. Mm -hmm. But... I included it because it was making the news rounds. But, uh, I, I mean, it's good to hear, if he's right enough, that it's hitting its development sort of goals as it's going along. I've never played any Dragon Age games, but I know it's got a massive fan base. So hopefully this one is good. But, um, I, I would say, based on... I mean, I don't have any inside information, but based on what we've heard and the lack of what we've heard... Tw late 2023 I would say is the earliest you're going to see this okay um, we've got a delay I'm afraid a delay dun, dun, dun. EA and Maxis have announced they're delaying the release of their upcoming My Wedding Stories DLC for Life Sim The Sims 4 the new expansion allows players to create their dream wedding scenario for their sims. One of the main features of the pack was the inclusion of a brand new scenario featuring LGBT plus couple Camille and Dominique. It was because of this that EA originally claimed it would be unable to release the pack in Russia, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. This, it said, was due to the country's restrictive laws around LGBT plus content. However... A week later, and following an outcry from fans that I included an online petition, EA has now published a new statement via The Sims blog. Quote, We've been listening to the outpouring of feelings from our community, including both support for our decision and concern for their fellow community members. It's equally important for us to stand by our values, including standing against homophobia and to share stories like this with those who want and need it most with this in mind we've reassessed our options and realized we can do more than we initially believed and we will now release the sims 4 my wedding stories game pack to our community in russia unaltered and unchanged featuring dom and cam if this happens good yeah fuck russia <laughs> but i don't know i included this because i think it's gonna be an interesting story so We've spoke about this before recently. Everybody seems to be scared of the Russians, probably with good reason. But, so what I understand is, I think being gay is basically a crime in Russia. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think, I think EA basically just decided off their own back that they weren't going to release this content in Russia. Mm -hmm. 
so as not to ruffle any feathers. But rightfully, people were like, well, even if it is illegal, like, there are gay people in Russia and this should be released. Mm-hmm. So I think EA have made the right decision saying, okay, yes, we will release it. But I don't think that necessarily means that it's definitely going to come out because I wouldn't put it past them, like, the Russian, like... Do you know what I mean? We've, we've got, the, like, the watchdog Peggy rating system. Mm-hmm. Like, they could eat... The, whatever the Russian equivalent of that is, they could easily be like, nah, fuck off. Yeah. Like... And then not, not allow it to come out. Yeah. Mm. So it's been delayed, and I wonder if... I, I, I couldn't find any reasoning on why it's been delayed. Mm. And I, if it's getting released unaltered, then why would it need to be delayed? Mm-hmm. So... I wonder if it has to go through some sort of certification in Russia and then are we going to hear more about that? Because they then turn around and say, no, you're not releasing that here. But I think it's a good thing. Like, I don't... EA... EA shouldn't be making that decision. Like, it's the DLC they've made is progressive, it's good, Mm -hmm. and it should be available to everyone. And I don't think it was up to EA to turn around and go, oh, well, Russia's not ready for this. Like, it should be released everywhere, and if Russia turn around and have an issue with it, then it's just a black mark on them for being fucking idiots, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it comes out. Yeah, I I feel like I miss my days of playing The Sims, but... I just don't think that... I feel like it's too overwhelming now. There's too much. It's a lot. Isn't it? I mean, I would love to plan my dream wedding in The Sims. Could you imagine if you had loads of cool wedding shit back in the day? I know. I, d- I mean, I spent a lot of time playing The Sims. As, as I think the mind. thing is as well, like The Sims is almost like a kind of football manager type thing. Whereas yeah. when you get, if you get down the rabbit hole, like your fucking life's gone. Mm-hmm. And like you say, especially all the extra stuff now. I'm pretty sure if you add up all the DLCs, I'm sure it's like four grand or something like that. Oh my like, god. Because every one of the expansions is like 20, 30 quid. I used to download loads of stuff. And obviously back in the day, downloading stuff was, you know, very effortful. Mm. Um, I can't remember what the website was called. I don't know if it still exists. But like, I mean, people used to make the user-created content. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did my own... There must u- still be stuff like that. I did my own user-created content, but I remember I downloaded <laughs> I had like a party with loads of celebrities, but it was like the celebrities I could get. So I'm sure I had like Michael Jackson, Brit- <laughs> Britney, Christina, like all like, and I'd imported their outfits and their hairstyles and their faces and stuff like that. Right. And they were all just having a party in my Sims house. Did they all go on? I don't, I can't remember the story. <laughs> Did you have a backstory for it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Sim- Good times. I. It's funny, like, I've got the Platinum in The Sims 4, but I just, I sort of followed a guide. I wasn't really playing it the way you were supposed to play it. And back when I played The Sims, it was The Sims 2. Mm-hmm. And I must have maybe played 50 hours of it and 48 of those hours would have been on pause because all I was interested in, like, I would just cheats to unlock everything and I really liked designing the house yeah oh, same. so i would build the house from scratch and i would sit and i would design the perfect house mm-hmm. but i had no interest in the sim doing anything like so i would have it on pause and they would just be like fucking powered down and i would build a house and then i would give up 
like I, I think a few times I locked them in a room out like a door and stuff like that just to see what would happen but <laughs> but yeah I loved the, the design aspect of it Okay as, as I mentioned at the beginning Zorro is making a comeback so Zorro the Chronicles will be bringing rebellious swashbuckling action to literally every platform in June the title is based on the animated series of the same name and it looks like solid fun at a glance, the combat appears to emulate traditional Assassin's Creed games with groups of enemies being picked off one by one via cinematic counter-attacks. Yeah, I included this because it just seems so out of left field. Zorro. I heard of Zorro in years. I used to love Zorro when yeah. I was wee. I used to like rush home from school to see it and stuff like that. Um, I don't even know there was an animated series. But the, the game... So see from the trailer... It like it's an interesting trailer. Part of it you'll be like, Oh, this looks really cool and then another part of it you're like, Oh, this looks quite shit. The the animation looks quite nice. It's obviously I, I assume it looks very similar to the cartoon. But yeah, there's times where like the combat does look quite like counter based and like a bit like the old style Assassin's Creed games and that looks really cool. But then there's other times where I was like, I felt like I was watching. Remember Disney Infinity, the game? Yeah. I felt like I was watching that. Okay. And those games were good for kids, but they did not fucking play well at mm. all. And so I don't know. I don't know. I think this one could really go either way. And I don't. I don't get the impression that it's going to be, ah, that's quite fun. I think it's either going to be pretty good or it's going to be shit. Mm. But we don't have long to find out. It's only yeah. out in June. Just when you mentioned animated series, we spoke last week about how Neighbours had been cancelled. Do you know what else has been cancelled now? What? Arthur. This may, might have been after your time, to be fair. I think it released in 1996. Um, no, I remember it. Yeah. I'm just... You'd remember the theme tune more than anything, that's what I remember. He was like a little, uh, don't know what he was. I I'm not going to lie, I'm can, not sure what type of animal he was either. I can picture his face. <laughs> but there's no way that show's been on since 96. 25 years, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. I didn't um, even think it was popular. I think the last episode released last weekend, I'd quite like to watch it actually because I think they've done like a, they're now adults episode to kind of round it up. I'm just going to Google this and find out what he is. He's an aardvark. Oh, that's right. I did know that. I can't believe that's still going. Mm. I did see it when I was wee. What fucking channel has that been on? No idea. Like, uh, Cartoon Network. What's, you remember there was like Cartoon Network and then there was like the Boomer baby Cartoon Boomerang Network. Aye, maybe Boomerang. I can't believe that's been going all this time. <laughs> that's blown my mind. It's almost as long as The Simpsons. Uh, uh, well, I think that's what they've. Um, hang on, the longest running children's animated television show in history. That's so weird, considering how many good kids' animated TV shows there is. Mm. I mean, I dare say when we, you know, when our kids get to our age, that Peppa Pig will still be around. Bet Maybe. She, bet she'll be the longest running by that time. Do you think? Aye. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you like. I would imagine that maybe with Arthur they did like ten episodes a season, and that's why. Whereas see Peppa Pig, they fart episodes of that out. 
Like it's constant. I don't know if I've spoken about this, right? But see, when I was wee, I was like big into Hanna Barbera cartoons. Like I loved the Flintstones, the Jetsons, mm-hmm. like the, and Top Cat. Top Cat. Oh, Top Cat was good. Yeah, I love those three in particular. I fucking loved, and what? So I was watching them in the nineties, right? And you're a kid, you don't have the internet. You don't think to, when you do get the internet, you don't think to search the Flintstones. And I just assumed that those shows were like airing for the first time in the 90s and stuff like that. And it was only when I got older that I was like, holy shit, they were made in the 60s. And they've been airing since the 60s. And also, there is quite a few episodes of the Flintstones and the Jetsons. But did you know there was only ever like 21 episodes of Top Cat made? feel like we maybe have discussed this before have we maybe because i admit that blew my mind as well because i watched top cat a lot as a kid and it never it never dawned on me that there was only like such a small amount of episodes actually made Mm. you know how you get like memory associations is it like when i think of top cat i think of cheese toasties but like a cheese toasty from a cheese toasty machine, you know, like the kind that you pull down and it makes it into two with like pockets of cheese. I miss those. Yeah. We don't I get one. We don't have one of those machines oh, I'm anymore. Diet, fuck's sake. Yeah, diet. Damn it. What can I put in it that's not cheese? Could we get low fat cheese? <laughs> Maybe. We'll get low fat cheese in a toasty machine, right? I'll see that tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, I will need to watch Top Cat as well because I don't know. Cause, yes. Because I, I feel like I would go. Right, tomorrow, <laughs> cheese toasties and Top Cat. Just looked up 30 episodes. So a wee bit more, but still. I mean, Nathan could power through that in a couple of days. I mean, it's fine. He's, how many times has he watched Cuphead since it came out on Friday? He's watched the full season five times. Yeah. And it's 12 episodes. Yeah, so the Cuphead animated series dropped on Netflix on Friday and he's watched it four times since. But anyway, back to good cartoons. Yeah. Top Cat, <laughs> 1961, wow. 30 episodes. Wow. Before you people hear this, we will have watched an episode of Top Cat and ate a cheese toasty. And if you don't know what Top Cat is, sort your fucking life out. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all the news I've got. You got a shitty platinum lined up? (laughs) Do I have a shitty platinum? (laughs) Oh, yes. I've actually mixed it up a bit this week. Should I get excited? Yes, okay. everyone should get excited. Oh, okay. I have often spoke about how a shitty platinum is not always a shitty game, right? But I'm also even breaking tradition a bit more this time because it's also not that short a game. It's on the short-ish side, but not particularly short. It takes about, I would say, three or four hours. Oh, okay. So it's a wee bit more effortful than previous yeah. previous purchases. Okay. Yeah. And if you didn't use a guide, it could be a bit difficult. But okay. I was going through my list of Platinums and it just, when I saw this game, it just jumped straight off the page to me because it's fucking brilliant. It's such a good game. It's called Creeks and it was developed and published by Amantia Design. And it's it's brilliant. Like the art style, it's got a hand drawn art style. And see if you look it up, if you type in Creek's game and look at the the art style of it, it's brilliant. It just every single scene just looks 
gorgeous. And it's a puzzle platformer that you, I believe the guy, it was maybe since I played it now, but the guy starts in his room and he finds a secret exit in his room and he goes, ends up going like deep underground and you have to solve puzzles, constantly have to solve puzzles to get to the next area. And it's all kind of like environmental puzzles and stuff like that. But a mix of, a, it's not a blowaway story by any means, but a decent enough story, brilliant puzzles, gorgeous looking game. Like, I absolutely loved it. We played it. Fun fact, actually, I was the 16th ever person to get a platinum. Checked that in PSN profiles tonight. Well 16th. Well I know. Only 15 people better than me. Only. <laughs> Pretty good. Not going to lie. Uh, so what I did was, we reviewed the game at launch, so I thought I'd just pull my synopsis from the review. And so what I've got here is, Creeks was an absolute joy to play. I could argue it maybe lasted a little longer than it needed to, but at no point did I stop having fun solving puzzles and being wowed by the beauty of the world. The story may not be one that lives long in the memory, but the characters left an impression on me, and I highly recommend this game to any fans of puzzle platformers. 8.5 out of 10. Also, it is currently on sale on Xbox. It's down to £6. Other than that, it's at the moment on PlayStation, it's at its regular price, which is $15.99. It's also on the Switch, but because it's the Switch, it's £17. Oh, damn. Because I thought, I thought for a minute there, that might be up my street. Maybe that's a wee thing I can play on the Switch. You would like it. I think you would like it. And obviously there'll be no Platinum on the Switch, though. That's true, but I've already Platinumed it, so you... You don't but, need my uh, effort. <laughs> no, but see if there's a sale on the Switch or something that will definitely pick it up for you because uh, it's it's cracking. I would highly, highly recommend it. Even maybe pick up an Xbox for six pound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant game. And I, when I was scrolling through, I had to I had to stop at that one and and issue it. Anyone who hasn't played it, I realise it's February. I realise you've all got a million things to play, but. Creeks is definitely one to check out. Okay. Shitty Platinum confirmed. Thank you. Thanks for that. Okay, before we delve into this week's movie, I thought I would just go back to last week because we did go to the cinema. We had a cinematic outing to see Uncharted. And obviously, now that it's released in the US, um, I just thought I'd kind of recap on some of the chat since it's been released so it looks like it has made back its enormous production budget with box office report pegging the film's global take at around 132.2 million dollars following its launch in europe last week and north america this week all in all it's a surprisingly astronomical early figure for the film which now looks poised to make tidy profit for sony pictures according to early reports uncharted hauled $44.16 million in its 3D opening weekend in North America, outperforming estimates with President's Day still likely to add substantially to that tally through Monday. In other words, a sequel is looking extremely likely right now. Yeah, I was... uh, When we came out... I think we spoke about this last week, but when we came out of that film, like, the... We gave a spoiler warning last week, so... This, we're not going to go into spoilers in this week, but what I will say is the ending left it open for mm-hmm. a sequel. Mm-hmm. And I think I said last week that uh, it's left it open for a sequel, but we're probably not going to get it. 
maybe we will now. Mm. And I mean, Sony basically owned Tom Holland. Yeah. So I think we might be good. Like, I'd love to get a sequel. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, I think it'd be samey, but you know, they put a new story on it, a new yeah, adventure, and it 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 works. Like, you're not going to go wrong with it. I don't think. Yeah, it's been interesting to see this sort of reaction. So, like, critics for the most part panned the game. I saw like IGN give it a seven, which was quite good. The but film. like, yeah. You said game. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the film, like, um, most, but most like proper movie reviewers and stuff like that just fucking panned it like it's Rotten Tomatoes rating is like a 30 or something like mm. that but then the Rotten Tomatoes user rating is like an 8.8 .8 or something mm -hmm. like they really liked it mm. and like I don't know I, I said at the time I gave it a really high score last week I really enjoyed it like as soon as that is released and like it's a home release I'll be straight on watching it again like if I could get my hands on it just now, I would watch it again. Like, I really, really liked it. I'd love to see a sequel. Um, so, yeah. One thing I would say, right, I've, a few times I've nearly brought this up in the Discord, but I know, like, people will think I'm fishing, right? <laughs> okay. Try to get a rise out of people if I did this. So I'm just going to mention it here. There's been a lot of talk on the Discord about how remember see one of the goons was with a scottish accent yes <laughs> right so there's been a lot of talk saying i that re that really wound people up because why could they not just get a scottish actor like instead they've got this guy and he's putting on a fucking scottish accent and it's a shit scottish accent and it's ridiculous and it should have been a scottish actor i just assumed the guy was scottish <laughs> So there's a big deal made about this where they were like, it's all, this always happens, these shite Scottish accents. And I nearly brought it up at the time that I just assumed the guy was Scottish, but I didn't because I knew fine well that people would think I was just trying to get a rise out of them. But I'm going to admit it here, I thought the guy was Scottish. I thought I thought it was an actual Scottish actor, and I didn't. It did not flag up to me at any point as a bad Scottish accent. Yeah. I, did you? I, or were you not looking for it? Probably not looking for it, but I I do now recall, and I don't know when. Sometimes when you hear a Scottish accent, it's a very Scottish accent, uh -huh. like a very put on. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. My reaction was, oh, there's a Scottish guy in this. <laughs> I don't think I took too much thought to it, to be honest. But. No, no, he wasn't a main character, to be fair. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it's good to see Uncharted doing well. I feel like there was maybe a Scottish voice in. The gaming movie for this week too. Well, I tell you what, there wasn't was a Persian voice. <laughs> okay, thanks, Craig, for that. I actually looked it up to make sure. Okay, so this week's gaming-inspired movie that we watched and will now discuss and review was Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. So this was released in two thousand and ten, and is set in the mystical lands of Persia. Or where a rogue prince and mysterious princess race against dark forces to safeguard an ancient dagger capable of releasing the sands of time, a gift from the gods that can reverse time and allow its possessor to rule the world. We watched this together. Yes, we did. But we never really spoke about it after. This no. happens quite a lot. I feel like we just sort of like <laughs> cagely keep our opinions to ourselves so that we're not treading 
old ground when mm-hmm. we talk about it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I really like this film. I, I don't get it. Like, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, I remember watching it when it first came out. And I remember thinking at the time, that was pretty good. Nothing to write home about, but pretty good. And then in the years since, people have constantly told me how shit it is. And then, like, we're talking last week, and, like, I know Andy wasn't looking forward to it at all. And then he texts me on Sunday, being like, that was fucking shit. I don't get it. I liked it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of of the same opinion of you, but like we do share a lot of the same thoughts and opinion on things. But yeah, like I, I, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't. I I was compelled by the story. Like I, it wasn't awful, and it wasn't like I think it's like a grown up Aladdin. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I. I often say that people shouldn't take my word on films because <laughs> I like some shit, right? And I specifically dig out bad films and watch them repeatedly for amusement. So mm-hmm. please do not take my opinion on films. But I, I would like to say, I looked at IMDb, this film's got a 6.6, which would make it one of the highest rated gaming films ever. Yeah. Like, top three or four probably highest gaming rated films ever. I think it did receive very mixed reception, but it did still gross like 336 million in theatres, so... Yeah. Surprised yeah. I didn't get a sequel. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, like... But I get, yeah, it's, I, over the years, I've, I remember people saying, I, oh, that Prince of Persia film was shit. And then, like, as I say, Andy messaged me on Sunday and he's like, ah, that was fucking awful. I can't believe I sat and watched that. And I'm like, I'd watched it at the same time and I'm, I, I fucking liked that. I, I just don't get it. Like, I get, I can understand, like, I looked it up to make sure this was the case, but there's no, none of the actors have any Persian descent. Mm-hmm. And so you just sort of, it depends how much you're able to, just go, ah, it's just a film, suspend your disbelief. Like, some of the fucking accents. Like, I personally thought one of the standout performers was Sheik Amar, <laughs> who was played by Alfred Molina. I thought he was really funny throughout, but he sounded like he was Scouse or something. Like, maybe not Scouse, but some sort of English accent. I know the guy's Spanish, but he did not sound like... He had some sort of weird kind of like maybe Cockney or something. He had some yeah. sort of some sort of weird fucking accent yeah. that didn't fit. And obviously, like I don't know, they were trying to make um, the what was the name of the girl? Gemma Arterton. Gemma Arterton's character. She was supposed to be like a sort of like seductive princess or whatever, like and that was a stretch as well because she's clearly not. I mean, what is a girl American? No, she's British. Right, British. British American. It's the same thing, do you know what I mean? She's not Persian <laughs> and she didn't look Persian. Uh, I remember I was reading some of the sort of trivia on the on the film and I did not know. I've never heard of the woman and I, when I looked up, I was like, I will struggle to pronounce her name. I will butcher it, so I'm going to leave it. But there was, apparently when they were doing casting, it was between Gemma Arterton and this other girl mm-hmm. who was Iranian. And she was supposed to fly to London to 
recast for this film, but she got arrested at the airport oh. for her role in a different film. Oh. I don't know if she if she maybe got her top off or something. I don't know, but she got that, arrested. She that's, got... A, that's arrest worthy, is it? Well, I don't know. Okay. But, I mean, why else would she get arrested for being in a film? So she she got arrested and wasn't allowed to leave the country for six months. Oh, wow. Because of her role in, I think it was a Guy Ritchie film. So that's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But so Gemma Arterton was by default given the role. And I, I thought she did well. She was like, okay. She, was, she yeah. was fine. But, like, I don't know. I did. I don't usually notice stuff like that. But I did notice that you could tell that there was no one that sort of felt at home there. It's maybe not the right way of putting it, but do you know what I mean? Like, But I'm quite willing to just suspend my disbelief with stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I think as well, like, I don't know if she was the princess. That, like, I remember at one point she's like, I think it's when she first meets Jake, whatever his name is. Oh, what's his silly name? Dan- Danton or something. Dastin. Dastin. And I was like, did, we, did you just pronounce Dustin wrong? Like, what, what's, what's your name all about? But anyway, I think, like, she was, like, cuffed or they were holding her and taking her somewhere. And, like, she was, like, cheekily, like, speaking to him. And I thought, I'm pretty sure this wouldn't happen. They've got a bit of sauce in there, Yeah, they? I know. And, it, I mean, there was very much predictable parts of it. Like, you know. I mean, speaking of stuff that didn't happen, like, at the beginning of the film, Dastan is like a beggar on the street and mm. he steals an apple and the king sees it and is like adopted. We'll just make you a prince now. <laughs> we'll just make you a prince for your thievery. <laughs> Pretty sure that wouldn't have happened to be fair. But um, yeah, I, like like I say, that uh, Shikamar, I thought he was the standout for me. I really enjoyed him. Like um, there was a point where I think Dastan was trying to like deceive him in some way over something to do with a camel and uh, uh, she came here was like trading her for a camel come on she's worth at least two <laughs> like and I had a lot of lines like that yeah. that I just found really I think, funny like with many of the shitty films that we have watched that have been of of what I would expect of similar kind of calibre to this one like I think it did have quite a lot of kind of humour to it some of these other yeah. ones we've watched have been no humour and it's just been boring as fuck but yeah. like I don't know I, I think there I mean it was predictable and, oh very predictable but yeah. you know it was still entertaining it was still enjoyable to a point I don't know I thought there was decent action and decent comedy yeah I don't it wasn't, know it wasn't like a, it wasn't a comedy it was just there was some witty remarks yeah yeah um I don't know whether it got slated based on its adaptation of the games because I mean I thought there was a fair amount of callbacks to the games I'm not the biggest Prince of Persia fan like we're supposed to so the game that this is based on Prince of Persia Sands of Time Mm. it's actually been remade it was supposed to come out last year Mm. but when they showed footage of it it looked so terrible uh, that they went back to the drawing board and it's now supposed to come out this year but I remember, like back when that game first came out, it was really good. Yeah, it, but the the films also get elements from some of the other games as well, not just that one. Right. Um. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, like genuinely, a six point six on IMDb for a gaming film is fucking big time. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know. There's obviously a large amount of people that were on our side of the fence and think this is a good film because. 
it's not even like you, you sometimes IMDb ratings can be deceiving because you'll have films that not a lot of people have seen and so it'll be high but it's got 260 votes or something 284,000 people have voted to get that to a 6.6 so there's clearly a lot of people that were on our side of the fence with that and thought it's actually pretty decent yeah um but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. The the main thing, like I said, to me was the the dodgy accents. But other than that, I thought pretty good, pretty good. I'm 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 I want to look into. It. I never got a chance. Been so busy the last week, but I'd like to see why there wasn't a sequel. I'd be interested yeah, to given see. the box office. Yeah, um, it made money. Most people seem to like it. Like I don't know. I would have thought they'd maybe have done a sequel. That was 12 years ago, so... Shall Unless it's Avatar. Shall we pie? We shall pie. I'm going to go just middle of the road three. Like, it, you know, I enjoyed it. It wasn't amazing. I'll go four. Four? Oh, four. I've got the voters, the... Sorry, the listener votes here as well. Okay. So they agreed with me and uh, said... Fuck yous. Three. Was that was 46% of the vote. I'm supposed to have my back. Two nineteen percent, four nineteen percent, five nine percent, and one six. Okay. So middle of the road, then not bad. Yeah. Now this is interesting as well because the film that we've chosen to watch next week, Craig, on IMDb is seven point three. Yeah, I was very very intrigued by this because I had never even heard of it. And it was not on the docket to review. No. So one of our Discord members suggested this to us because I believe he has some sort of connection. He used to work briefly with the guy <laughs> who co-wrote it and starred as Ken, I believe. Okay. So very interesting. That was winner. Okay, yeah. So we're going to watch Street Fighter Assassin's Fist 1. Is that what it's called? I think it's just Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. It was apparently oh. originally a mini-series and then they converted it into a film. Okay. I mean, IMDb does say it's two and a half hours, so I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I don't know. That's the timing for the mini-series, so I'm sort of hoping that the film has been sort of streamlined a little bit. Yeah, but we'll soon, we'll soon find out. Yeah, so that's what we're going to watch next week. 7.3, so... I'm I'm hoping for a goodie here. I'm hoping for a four or five pies. It must be pretty good. Like, I'd literally never fucking never heard of it. It wasn't even... We used a IMDb list to compile our gaming films, and this wasn't even on it. No. So, be interesting to see if we've missed anything else as well. Because we are coming to the sort of business end of this. Yes, we aren't are. Aren't we? We are. There's, yeah. a, few, there's a few that... Uh, I mean, what's left is a few films that we've been like, oh, can he face that this week? Oh, can he face that this week? And then about six Resident Evils because we just... <laughs> so many. Because unless you watch a Resident Evil every two weeks, you're just going to have fucking loads of Resident Evil films. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. If you do have any other suggestions for us, like... Winner. Like Winner did, then please drop us a message because maybe there are more that we don't know about also don't fuck us over don't find the shittest thing you can find <laughs> and fucking make us watch it but that's right? kind of the point of this segment it is but I don't know I feel like some shit films have charm you know what I mean Taken 2 great film 
right? But then you've got Warcraft, which was just boring as fuck. Yeah. Or that other one. What was the worst one? Well, my favourite one was uh, In the Name of the King. Oh, that was shit. That was so (laughs) bad. It was not. Oh, that film annoyed me. Oh, shudders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. none anyway. of that. If there's a sequel to that, fuck off. Yeah. Okay, let's round up our weekly episode with the pick of the week. 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 Thanks for helping out with that. Well, you, Fuck's sake. you made me laugh because, you know, I was. I'm hilarious. No, because I was going to start it and then you didn't, and then awkward. So. Too busy in your phone trying to order aubergines. <laughs> yep, this week's pick of the week is unsurprisingly. Well, I suppose I could have made it Destiny 2 Witch Queen, but that's DLC. So. This week's pick of the week is Elden Ring, a game that neither of us are going to play because <laughs> it's too hard and I wouldn't be able to finish it and review it or Donnie would come and get me. But it's definitely, I mean, it's it's the biggest game this week. Yeah. It's what it is, I believe at the beginning of the year in our preview, it was the most anticipated game of the mm-hmm. year. So... And that was like even amongst listeners. So like this is gonna be this is gonna be huge. Yeah. Like, I think like you say, like it probably not neither of us will play it, but I'm I'm interested by it and to see how it um is received, I suppose. Yeah. Reviews come out tomorrow and I'll be very interested to read them. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that uh it's that George R. R. Martin who did the story for it, like I feel like that hat has a good chance of being like a real proper mythical banger of a story. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think it's going to be really, really good. Like, if they added a fucking easy mode, I, I, I'd play it. Like, I'm interested by it, but I just think it'd be too hard. Like, I, I, it's not even... Like, I often say I'm not particularly good at games, but I do think that, like, if you stick at something long enough, you learn the combinations, you learn the timing of the dodges and the parries and you get better and you do it. So I'm not saying I couldn't do it. Like playing through Seafood the last couple of weeks has certainly opened my eyes to the fact that if I stick at something and learn the timings of everything, I can get a lot better at it. But it's just the fact that I don't really have time for stuff like that. Like, I work a lot. We try to keep up with all the games so that we can stay relevant on this podcast. And it's I, I like doing that. I don't have the time to just lose myself in a game and try and get better at it for what would probably need to be about three months. Yeah. Like I say, with The Sims, I would love to go back and play The Sims, but I would lose, I would lose myself. I know. And I feel like it would take me a long time to get competent. Mm. I think I could do it, like I say, but I think it would take a long time. Yeah, we should maybe outsource it to Nathan. He could maybe... I don't think I can take him in bed any more games. It's just (laughs) fucking depressing. And on that note, that's us for this week. Very true. (laughs) We will be back next week with our third member. Yes. See you next week, everyone. Bye.
This podcast is recorded and produced by Pure Dead Gaming. Intro music by David Finlayson.